0: You're listening to Increase the Nation. My name is Judson, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining. Today's episode is titled, Four Things I Learned from Selling Cable Door-to-Door several years ago i got a job wasn't really a job i was looking for it was during a season where i really just needed income i was in a spot where i would take essentially anything anything somebody would offer me i'd take i just needed the income and my wife and i were looking to get married in the next year or so i guess i kind of felt like i had something to prove up until that point i had really only worked in fast food and in a grocery store and I didn't feel like I had much to brag about in terms of being a provider. And really at a deep level, I was wrestling with who am I? Am I enough? Do I have what it takes? You know, those questions that we all kind of ask ourselves as we go through life. And so I remember interviewing for it. The interview made it sound really good. I remember I, they took me out to coffee. And mind you, I was a bit naive at that point. Um, I walked in, everybody was wearing suits. And you know, I'd never kind of been in that kind of an environment before. But I was very impressed. Well, it turns out, The interview process was very much (laughs) a hook, line, and sinker. And then within 10 minutes of actually being in the job, you find out, oh, the actual job is going door to door, trying to convince people to switch internet providers. And so I kind of had this rude awakening on my first day. And it was funny watching everybody else that would get hired after me, watching them go through that same rude awakening, realizing, putting two and two together, going, wait a minute, all that stuff about, quote unquote, going out and meeting with clients. Oh yeah, that meant trying to sell something door to door anyway it was a really unique experience overall at the time it was really difficult to drag myself out of bed every day and go to work but it's what was in front of me and you know something i learned so much from that job i can't even begin to tell you i remember asking myself why am i doing this you know how did i get here one of the first things that deeply impacted me from this job was that from day one they would spend a large portion of their morning meetings talking about dreams. You know, what are your dreams? Where do you want to be in five years? And, you know, I wasn't much for the company Kool-Aid, but what really impacted me was just the idea of always remembering why. And so that's the first thing I learned, which is to always remember why you're doing something. And it sounds so simple, but, you know, what I learned was it's really hard to keep things in the right perspective if you don't remind yourself on a consistent basis. And in fact, every morning meeting, they had a certain agenda, but they rarely went a day without discussing why we do this, why we go out onto the streets, why we quote, unquote, meet with clients, why we try to make those sales because we want financial freedom. And you know, for a lot of these guys, it was the promise of wealth, which I have my own thoughts about. But what really struck me was that all of them, especially the ones that did well, always kept their why in front of them and it was really impactful for me because i didn't really have much structure uh, growing up i didn't really have this deep tenacious drive to reach as far as i could reach and so for me to see somebody who was constantly aware of their why it was a really good thing and so knowing your why is so critical And it's one of the first things that I like to talk about when I meet with people in terms of their finances is what is important to you at this moment? What's going to be important to you in several years? What's going to be important to you in several months? I noticed that thinking ahead and making quality decisions has a lot to do with what you're working towards. The funny thing is, it's really hard to keep consistent in this area. You now, some people have this goal of I wanna buy a house or some people have this goal of I wanna get out of debt. Some people have this goal of I wanna retire well, but the thing is they either don't get there or they do and then they go, then what? That's where the restlessness and the anxiety comes from because they don't know why they're alive. They meet their goal and then they go, why am I doing this? Now what do I do? And so always remembering why, for me, the biggest question is why am I alive? Why am I on this planet? Not so much what do I wanna achieve, but how do I want to live? What is it that's written on the fabric of my heart that the world needs to see? Always remember why. Once our meetings were over, I would change out of my work attire so that I'd be more comfortable hitting the streets with you know, a pair of sneakers and a pair of jeans and something like that. And I remember I would hop in my little Ford Focus with my brown bag, cold sandwich, lunch, and I'd head for the city. And, you know, I remember driving there and just dreading, dreading getting to my territory because they'd give us sheets that kind of tell us, you know, what street we're working, what neighborhood we're working, and in what order, so on and so forth. And I would just dread getting there. And then I remember getting to the neighborhood and finding a place to park. Every single day, it was this battle of getting out of the car. The temptation to just recline my seat and just kind of lie there You know, no one would know if I just stayed in my car for five hours or however long I'd be out there. I wouldn't make any money because we were paid by commission only, but, but it was so tempting to just sit there. And you know, for whatever reason, every day I got out of that car, I would sit there and think... Why didn't I go to college? I should have made better choices with my life and I wouldn't be here. I feel humiliated having to do this job. There's people out there that are doing what they love and they're successful in their careers. And who am I to think that I could marry somebody doing something like this? And, you know, all of the shame and the guilt started to sort of settle on my shoulders. And I'd fight that battle every day. And you know something? Jesus helped me keep my dignity and get out of that car every day. It was really because it's what he put in front of me. And so the second thing I learned is whatever it takes, you get out of that car. Sometimes we can overthink things to a crazy extreme. And and I am very prone to do this because I'm an analyzer. I'm a problem solver. I like to think through multiple scenarios and options and that can be a good thing but it can also be really detrimental one of the best things you can do when you're faced with a situation you're not comfortable with or it's with a situation that really is disconcerting is to just get out of the car start walking Because when we tend to overthink things we tend to stop trusting god and i had the choice to be faithful with what was in front of me to not be faithful and I didn't know what would come of it whether I would make the sales or not make the sales or have a successful day or not successful or whether this would be my career forever and I'd become wildly wealthy like all of these guys were promising or if it would just be a blip on my radar but the point was is that I was being asked to be faithful and so Learning to just get out of the car and stop overanalyzing and thinking about things is also an extremely important skill when it comes to developing your personal culture, and obviously finances would apply as well. The third thing I learned was that there's a door in front of you and nothing else. I remember being in front of somebody's door and just wanting to hide. What I'd have to do is just stare straight forward and pretend like nothing else existed in the world but the door in front of me. If you remember the movie Monsters, Inc., where the characters were literally professional scare people, you know, the door would come down, sit in front of them, and then they would psych themselves up, and nothing on earth was going to deter them from their assignment. And I kind of felt like that, where instead of trying to scare people, it was, I'm trying to sell them cable. So learning to push everything else aside where the door in front of you becomes the only thing that exists, you know, at a mental level, at a heart level, at a spiritual level, making that choice is critical to your personal culture. The fourth thing I learned was fear runs or you do. You know, I remember when somebody would open that door there was so much stigma. Long before they ever said anything, the looks on their faces were communicating. Who are you? Where are you from? Why are you at my door? Depending on how the conversation went, they could figure out pretty quick that I was there to sell them something. You know, I found that if I didn't choose to influence the conversation, I would end up being the one influenced. And so, you know, somebody would come to the door and if they were the ones who were confident, I would find myself molding to their attitude but if i was the one that was confident i would find myself in charge of the conversation and so i'd have to prep myself eyes forward smile with my voice and when somebody would come to the door my goal was within five seconds they were being influenced by my persona not the other way around and really i learned how to battle fear in this way and the things that scare us are uncomfortable So sometimes we look for a guarantee that, okay, I'll walk through the valley of the shadow as long as it doesn't scare me, or as long as what's really scary is just a little bit further off. We don't want to do things afraid. And so I had to double down and face that and say, I'm going to do this afraid, and it is not going to kill me. It did get a little easier with time, and though I didn't really enjoy that job, I found a strange kind of courage that can be found in those times of testing. And I remember on my last day, knocking on those final couple doors. Somebody would open the door and I'd look at them. And my goal at that point was to communicate that they mattered. Everything I learned about having a successful conversation, trying to sell somebody cable, helped me communicate with somebody in a way that pushed light into their soul. And it was just such a unique experience. I can't say that I'll ever willingly choose to go door-to-door selling cable again, but I can tell you this, that I won't ever forget it. Thanks for listening to Increase the Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing for more content. We'll see you next time.